Good morning, folks. It's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Good morning, folks. Welcome to Democratic uh, Perspective. Steve Williamson here. Sitting across from me is Karen McClellan, uh, co-hosting the show. Karen is um, the longest-serving member of the Sedona School Board, right? Yep. So she's yes. an expert on the election. But uh, the expert, Not really. <laughs> we, the expert we have is Kathy Kinsella, and she's won elections back east. Good morning. And uh, and you also are a uh, Sedona City Council person. That's right. Before we start, we we want to ask you folks to check out the web page. And uh, there's a little button there, a tiny little button. You can go push on that button and maybe donate uh, some money to us because we've lost our some big uh, contributors this year. And we're trying to, well, we'll be on the air 11 years in April. We'll, we'll made it that long. Nobody thought we could do it. Um, I do recommend, uh, I think all three of us saw um, um, the film Boycott this weekend. I I was really impressed by the level of the editing, the directing, the interviews. The timing of the thing was better than almost any documentary I've seen. It just flowed. It you know? Great information. You got. You felt you were really connecting with these people and, and understood what there they were is. One more about. showing, I think, on Wednesday this week. There is yeah. another. There's showing. one more showing of it for the film festival. So if you get a chance, please you know go and see it. It's really it's really worth it. Highly it, recommended. Yeah, hi, highly recommended and and uh, and really informative and and focused on Sedona too, in, in part mm. because uh, Mitch, Mick Jordal is one of the plaintiffs in these cases. It's astonishing that they would pass these laws. I've got to say. <laughs> ah, speaking of laws, <laughs> Kathy Kinsella, we're going to talk today about how to become a candidate. Um, we won't give you the total timing details because, you know, you can get those on, on, in print and, and getting them on the radio is not as good. But Cassie's going to talk to us about running for office because she's run for office successfully back east. What, Massachusetts? No, in New York. In New, New York? York and what was the town again? Uh, town of Rhinebeck. I was the elected highway superintendent and I won five terms, five two-year terms there. Uh, and then when I retired from that, moved out here full time and then served on the Planning and Zoning Commission and ran for office here for Sedona City Council and just finished my first year on the council. Good. So you're an experienced candidate. and I've been on both sides of the fence, though. I've also worked on a lot of campaigns, everything from local offices like other highway superintendents <laughs> back east and, and uh, congressional candidates, civil court judges back in New York. It was the first campaign I ever worked on back in, I think it was 1990 or 92. Um, so I've been doing this for a while where I uh, have been very interested in campaigns and 
how they come together. I was worked with an organization back east where we put together a training program for candidates. And then when I moved out here full-time, uh, sort of loosely based on that replicated program for League of Women Voters uh, called Campaign Boot Camp. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And it was a very very good of, program. I went and, list and attended yes, those, yes. It was a lot of fun to put together. It was a lot of fun to feel the energy in the room. I think the biggest obstacle for people running for office is the decision process. You know, there are a lot of, and people put obstacles in themselves. People don't think of themselves as that they should run. It's a question that the, usually you don't apply to yourself. You apply it to somebody else. And I, I think people always need to be thinking in terms of, well, if I don't do it, it's automatically left to the other person. So what is it that I want to see? Why aren't I stepping up? Why don't I run for office? So it, so it's a decision yes. that comes through through a series of things. You're Maybe you're dissatisfied with the other candidates and feel that you can do a better job or represent people better. Um, but what is there a single trigger? Because both of you guys have run successful campaigns. I know that you know the school board is less intense than the kind of thing you've done for city council. But you've run successful campaigns. What made you jump in? Because you're helping people. You're studying how the, the electoral politics works. Um, and you're you're helping other candidates, and you move from uh, both of you have moved from helping candidates get elected that you thought were good. I know that Karen still does that, and you do too. To jumping in and running your, yourself. So, Kathy, what was the? How did the process how did it feel to you when you when you made the decision to run? Because I think the big this is my theory, and you guys can can give me feedback. My feeling is that the big the big obstacle is putting your your, your feet in the water yes, jumping in absolutely. you know Deciding that that obstacles. idea i could run rather than mm -hmm. they could run or he or she could run uh, for me um it's always come down to in the end do i want to be a part of the decision making process around these issues uh it was sort of a natural, I had worked in New York City, I'd run a, a, an agency that did a lot of the planning and zoning for the Midtown Manhattan community. And when I moved up to Rhinebeck, uh, some of the issues that were happening there, I, I just said, you know, I think I can make a difference here in, if I run for the highway superintendent position. Because they were talking about new development coming in, how development affected traffic, um, road conditions that were there uh, happening. It was a changing time in terms of treatment of, of, of roads. was very different back east in, in the northeast in the free, with freezing cold temperatures and also hot summers, but very different from the road system out here in terms of treatment and maintenance and a lot harsher back there. But a changing time in terms of, you know, what to apply and what to do. And I thought, I can make a difference. I want to be part of these decisions for our community going forward. I want to bring environmentalism into how we treat our roads. I wanted to, you know, I'm not seeing that happening. I, I, I see different structure for departments and agency running that I want to bring in. So it just seemed a natural thing. And then out here in Sedona, um, the experience I had, again, naturally led me to the Planning and Zoning Commission. And then I said, you know, the decisions that are being made, really where they take effect is at the level of city council, and I want to be a part of that decision-making process. So for all the people who are out there that are uh, focusing on Facebook or next door or have a lot <laughs> of opinions, 
well, opinions are great, but you need to sort of step up, put your money where your mouth is, and run for office because that's where decisions are made. And it's interesting and, and sort of fun to do it, right? I mean, it's a, it, you didn't, like, hate running for office. It's not like having to go to the dentist or, or having your ears pulled or something. I don't know what. <laughs> no, the only, the, the only detriment, you know, is really you have to watch out for weight gain. We used to jokingly call it the, the cheese and hummus route, you know, that you would be on that cheese and hummus tour. Um, because, you know, you, you get into a lot of bad habits when you're campaigning based on schedule. And yeah, and lot, lots of things in this area. So many people in Sedona are, you know, volunteers and organizations that are involved with, you know, government in a, in a big general sort of sense. You know, and it's in one step up. I, this is my opposite from Kathy. I ran for the school board, and I was not politically involved before I ran for the school board, particularly. I ran for the school board, and it was several years before I became more involved in democratic politics. And that was because I ran for the school board. And then I went down to the legislature to listen on things they were doing about funding and education issues and realized, wow, we, there's some people down elected in Arizona that you know, we need to you know, work on. So then I got, in, got involved in, in politics sort of, sort of that way from having first stepped point, up in the things. Yeah. Because you had a passion. You had yeah. a passion for education One issue. issues. Yeah. So, and that's what led you in. It was sort of a natural yeah. evolution. Uh, for me, it was sort of a natural evolution. And I think that that's sometimes the biggest obstacle for people is trying to figure out what is the right fit for them. If they're, if they're interested in one issue, obviously it makes sense to pursue that. If you're somebody who likes all the bits and pieces and you see how they fit together, um, then running for something that's like the state legislature or a city council position where there's a plethora of issues that come before you, you know, that might be the right fit. Depending, you know, you need to figure out the right fit for you. What qualifies someone to run? What kind of skills are needed for that job? Um, it depends on the type of office. You know, it's a different set of skills, I think, that on the very local level than on the state mm -hmm. level than running on a congressional level. Uh, you need to know the office. You need to think how you fit, and finding that fit is really important. What resources do you particularly bring? Are they are you more knowledgeable on national issues? Are you more knowledgeable on the nuts and bolts, you know, local issues? Those are you know you need to make a list and and really find your fit. It, it, there should be a dating app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for I want to run for office. Here's my profile. <laughs> so. What you what drove you to run for city council was the fact that the city council makes all the decisions that the city run. And what you do, what you hear on these next door and these other things is all this violent rhetoric, anger, confusion. The misinformation is just like over the top. So one way of working through that is get your hands in. I always noticed that people were most angry when they weren't active politically and not even running for office. But if, if you if you if you joined door and you started doing something about whatever you wanted, even if you lost. And I mean, for years, I mean, our candidates lost on on every level except locally. But that that was that was what I saw. It is rewarding, you know, to run. It is rewarding, of course, to serve. And there's a big difference between running and serving. I mean, the types of activities that you do, sometimes somebody who's a great candidate may not find that they enjoy serving in office or that it's not the right fit. Somebody who might be wonderful in a certain position, you want to get them there, well, they're maybe not that good at being a candidate because it's not a role that that's com 
comfortable mm-hmm. for them. They're, they're different things. But both, for me, I found both rewarding. I, I, I do like putting campaigns together. I do like running. Um, I like trying to figure out how to encapsulate a message and get it out there. Uh, you know, but serving is certainly the ultimate goal. You have to want to bring something to the office. And and you find yourself at least a city council level with a lot in a woods of technical information and 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 expertise. You find yourself talking to the guy who does the the, the sewers and everything else. You end up, I mean, really kind of you you have to kind of not multitask, but you have to be interested in different things. Yes. Where Karen on the school board, her job is really to protect Sedona schools, schools. as much but as it's she the can. Same. You know, all these things have the technical side, and you don't want to be afraid to run because you think I don't know as much mm-hmm. as the current person or the somebody else. I don't, you know, I wasn't the teacher. I don't want to run for the school board. I know nothing about planning and zoning, so I don't want to. Run. But it's the is running for that and being willing to learn whatever it is you don't know and be willing to ask the question and say I'm not an expert as of people coming to testify mm-hmm. or coming into your office or whatever and say I'm not an expert and be willing to learn about roads mm-hmm. you don't have to be an engineer to you know, run for these offices you weren't you know a, a civil engineer no. when the roads things but, but you I just, knew how to hire one yeah you have yeah <laughs> in some positions how to hire the experts or right. how to ask the questions of the experts is you don't want to be afraid to run but even a local office because you feel you you're just you're just a citizen Right. I mean, that, the people who think they're just a citizen are exactly the kind of people we really want to run right. because they're the ones who are going to ask the questions when they get elected. I think Karen's right. I mean, people talk themselves out of running for office more than they talk themselves into it because they think, oh, I don't know that. That, that, that That's one mm-hmm. aspect of it. It's do you have the capacity to learn and yeah. understand, um, you know, which is a different thing. Another big obstacle mm-hmm. is people don't know how much time it's going to take. People lead busy lives. These running for office and serving in office are both time commitments. They truly are. And you have to think about, you know, how much time would each office take? How much time do you have to put into the office that you hold? Do you have another job? How do you balance those things? How do you balance family time? Those are, those are real questions that people struggle with. And again, they, you take that information and they talk themselves out of running more than they talk themselves into it. What? What? information what ideas do they have that that they used to talk themselves out i'm i'd like to run for x uh but i talk myself out of it how do i do that what are my what are my objections that most people folks have out there so if people are listening in and they're thinking well that's all in good but i've got some questions about running what what's the biggest issues stopping them, do you think? Well, I, again, it's fear of time commitment and, and being overextended. You, I think I advise people, do make a list. Know which office you want to run for because they are all different, as I said before. Very different being on school board than it is on council, than it is running for Congress, than it is from being you know, the local dog warden or something. You have to know what office you are interested in, what suits you. Make a list of what that office, what you would have to do to do that job right. You know, what would your time commitment need to be? How does that balance in? I think you really have to think that out. Um, how do you work within, is it a single office? One of the reasons when I ran for highway superintendent back in, in um, Rhinebeck, New York, was because for me, I had come from running an agency I liked the idea of that continuing. I liked the idea of the almost um, 
the autonomy of, of running an agency, that decision-making process went in tandem because the budget was held by the city, the town council, but that I was in charge of the day-to-day decisions for the agency. That appealed to me then at that time in my life. That's what somebody needs to know. What does this office want? Is it something where you have to work as part of a team? Are you part of a unit as an elected body? Um, And you have to also remember campaigns are competitive. Governing should not be. If you are going to be part of a team on a council or in the state legislature, Mm -hmm. you really have to know how you will work with your other members, how you can bring people together in order to move things forward. So again, know your skill set, know your personality type. Think about, are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? Um, Do you like to deep dive into things or are you good with, do you prefer having a a smattering of different uh, issues before you at one time? These are things you need to know about yourself when you're making a decision. It sounds complex, but uh, the person sitting out there who's interested in politics and what I get is a lot on the social media, which, is, frankly, I was, I'm was i new to looking at local social media, and I was somewhat shocked by the stuff I found there. Um, how do you well, – this is probably getting off the subject. How do you deal with, with misinformation about what your office is? In other words, uh, the city council is a particular office with particular responsibilities. Your job is not to be the city manager, right? And Karen, your job, there's a school board super, superintendent. Yeah. You guys supervise the policies of these agencies. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the misinformation out there is probably my biggest frustration. And Karen, you yeah. probably the same for you. Um, I do wish that that there was more. It's difficult because you try to push as much information that you can, but at the end of the day, if people aren't pulling that information themselves, it's just not going Mm -hmm. to get to them. So it's a frustration. You do wish that people would put some of the time into getting some facts and figures before and then go on and rant. I'm fine with that. I'm good with people ranting and I want to hear opinions. That's no problem. I just wish the, you know, if I ask you, you know, recommend a restaurant and you Uh tell me, restaurant x right and i just take your word for it without knowing anything about restaurant x or doing any other deep dive i go to restaurant x and i'm very disappointed yeah you need to do some work yourself and know if they even have a cuisine that you're interested in (laughs) the problem is people hear something on the internet like a friend of mine heard that 70 percent of the housing in sedona was airbnbs I said to her, that, that can't be right. I'll no. get you the figures. It's 13 And I got the, I, I got the figures yeah, to right. her. But that's not hostile misinformation. It's just misinformation. Somebody on the Internet says 70%. She's not that involved in politics, mm-hmm. so she, she uh, accepted that figure without checking it. Right. And what I see is that people don't go, for example, I don't know about the school board as much, Karen, but they don't go to the city because the city has a website that answers all these questions, and everybody has all these questions. They don't go to, they well, don't go to the website. We all have the things the where you, at your you know, council meeting, our school board meeting, we did this years ago when we passed the last bond we passed back in 2006. We talked about how the money would be spent and how things could be spent at a number of board meetings to explain to the public, so on the record, how it works. And because we had none of us on the school board had been involved when the prior bomb was passed so there's a lot of it so we talked about all those things and then after the bond had passed we had a teacher 
actually a teacher who taught social studies, come and be really angry because we weren't going to spend the money to raise the teacher's salaries. And we'd spent months explaining that the money was raised could not be used. It could only, you know, and you sit there and you go, when it's your own employees and things, it gets very frustrating when you take the time at a meeting to explain to the public, hoping the public is there, how something works. And after the decision makes, people pop out of the woodwork and you, you know, you'd like to say to them, where were you the last three meetings? You can't say that. Mm-hmm. But it, it becomes very frustrating because people in any office, they don't sometimes get involved after the decision was made. They don't, get, you know, they don't, they don't see the, the article that says, oh, the, this board is going to talk about something. They just wait to laugh. Oh, the city is going to look at, at rezoning this piece of property. And then when the headline says the city rezoned a piece of property, then everybody says, I didn't know about that. You know, and now they all come out of the... You know, so it's, it's, it's hard to find the people who, you know, who have an interest, a serious interest, but don't get involved beforehand. Right. Yeah. There was recently an issue that came before yeah. the council, and it was um, there was a misrepresentation of what we were discussing that was put out um, on social media. Well, it turned out that that produced a, a very large turnout of people which was a great conversation between the people that were testifying in the mm-hmm. open session um, during that mm-hmm. item and the council. I mean, it really was it really was a good exchange of information, and you know, very grateful that that took place. But everybody that walked in that room before the conversation could happen and people understood what was actually being discussed came in thinking that it was going to be something completely different. Uh, I mean, it, and. It, Again, that could have been cleared up by a closer reading of the agenda or looking at that. But but that's a good point, Kathy, that, that they came for the wrong reason. Yeah. <laughs> and they got into a meeting where I think people don't realize how accessible city council people are and the mm-hmm. mayor and stuff. I mean, I, get all, I hear all these complaints and just go ask her. You know, yeah. question. If you think and, that she's and that applies to all of your, your local issues. The fire board, the school board, the county board of supervisors. You know, if you want to, the legislature, when you get to that level, it's different. On, mm-hmm. But below that level, all those people are accessible. You know, yep. they're, and the staff is accessible. And sort of if you're thinking about running for an office, one thing is, is to go, go to the meetings of That's whichever organization you want to run for, listen to what's going on, and find out because lots of people decide they really want to run for, uh, say, a local mm-hmm. office because there's some issue they really want to work on, only to find when they get elected that they apply, they're running for the wrong position because mm-hmm. that, the issue that they wanted to affect that you're not in a position to make those changes. So if you wanted to yeah, run for city council, for example, yeah. you might listen. You can listen to the city council meetings online. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make up something about what's going on. Yeah. You can actually it's, listen in. I mean, almost all of the uh, is a lot of stuff is open session. I mean, you can hear people talking, making decision, and um, yeah, you can you can watch right along in real time or. You can watch afterwards. They are all mounted on the – every yeah. city council meeting is, is taped. They are all mounted on the website. If there's a piece of information, you can go back and watch that. But the, the ears that I'm hoping that we reach today are the people who are educating themselves on issues. Because Good. if you are taking the time to do that already, mm-hmm. then you're halfway there toward, you know, toward hopefully making a decision to at some point run for something. Because, you know, again, there are so many issues. How do you decide what are your priorities? You know, you can only know by listening and following along and then say, you know, that would be a fit for me. And I I do want to do that. I do want to be a part of that discussion. Yeah, and across rural Arizona, you know, city councils are almost always contested races. Every now and then a city council anywhere might have two people running for two open seats, but that's not usual. But the other local issues... 
uh, school boards, fire boards, other county offices that are not the board of supervisors. Sometimes people, I run, I've run unopposed. People run unopposed, and and you sit there and, and you know people out there have an interest in the issue. Maybe there, no one's running against you because everybody's happy with what you're doing, but. You know. well, for example, at the moment but, um, yeah. on the Sedona City Council, I mean, we have three very good candidates that are out there. Uh, one is John Thompson, who is currently serving on the council and is running for re-election. And then we have Brian Fultz and Pete Furman. Now, all of these uh, people have been involved in government. They got interested on things. They got involved in various committees. They saw how it actually works. They saw um, how where they were interested and how, and they've decided to run. Um, so... Um, that seems like a good idea. So if you're interested in zoning issues, you, you, you run for uh, zoning commission, right? And, and then you can run for something else if, you, if your interests change. But you can sort of follow your interests. What? And then on that one, the, everybody running a city council, if you just are generally interested, if, you, if Kathy was running and you were interested and you went to Kathy and said to Kathy, I'd like to work on your campaign because I want to understand how it works. Kathy is not going to say no because people <laughs> running not. at the yes, but local level, you know, volunteers are really important. So even if you, you know, say, I know nothing, but I'd like to learn, is talk to somebody running for an office that you might be interested in and offer and help, help them get elected or reelected. And that's a great way to learn about how things work and the process so, without so committing Kathy, yourself full time. Right. Kathy, what's the biggest surprise you've got in, for example, uh, you're running for office. You run for city council. You win your you win your race. You're on the city council. What's the biggest surprise when you when you're actually in 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 the city council? Or is there one? Well, you know that's a very good question. I don't know if any of us is a surprise. I mean, if you really have been following along, you sort of know how things work. I think what is the most frustrating. I don't know if it was a surprise. Is the in fact that you can't communicate as much because of there are open meetings laws, which I completely agree with and believe in, but it does restrict how you can actually speak with your colleagues and it doesn't allow for a lot of information exchange other than what happens on the dais, which is fine. It should happen in public, but it's it's very limiting. There are time restraints. There are uh, procedural restraints. There are... 20 topics you're trying to get to in the course of a reasonably timed meeting. So it, it's a little limiting, and that's a frustration. So that's one of the biggest surprises. So, so the, the, the biggest surprise is the frustration of the, the, the way everything kind of folds in together. Then what's, what's the best thing that you felt happening? What would you tell our listeners was the most satisfying thing personally and uh, and, and when you can actually be part of, of policy that affects change, um, it's it's really a very rewarding feeling. Uh, I remember the evening that we passed the climate action plan with our goals for uh, greenhouse gas emission reduction. I, it, it just felt so good to adopt that as policy and say, okay, these are our goals and we're going to work toward this. And then equally as good was just recently when we had an update from the sustainability team, the city staff, that actually said, okay, and here are here's what we've done. This is what we put in place. This is what we're looking to put in place. Give us some direction on if you want to, want to go this route or that route, and they'll get us to those goals. So it's also back to your first question of, of understanding the process, what's a surprise. No, no one decision is you sit down at that meeting 
discuss it. There's a vote and it's done. There's all of the decision, all of the background, maybe a workshop leading up to it, the research you do on your own, the packet review, the work that the staff is doing. There's a vote on something. Then there's implementation. There's the updates. There's more direction that's needed. All these things are, you have to have stick with this for the issues that, mm. that come up before the city. But what's really satisfying, if I'm hearing you correctly, is actually accomplishing something, something. and doing something yes. that you think is yeah, important. Changing the direction right. of things because, right. you know, nothing within government happens quickly. Right. So you right. don't go to a board, make a decision, and a month later you fix whatever it was. But it's, it's starting the direction, you know, the, the other things, hiring the right person to be a school superintendent or a city manager or your fire chief if you're on the fire right. board, hiring those people and that are sharing, share the same vision for a direction right. and then you know, supporting supporting the staff, supporting the people when when you're elected, when they're working on something, is sort of say, okay, we've got, we told you what to do. Tell us how you did it, and then we'll apply. What you know, that's we'll right. Us, we'll I think support people you along don't the think way. about the staff; they think yeah. about your elected officials, but right. they don't think about the staff yeah. that you work with. And you need a good staff to get anything and done. And the right? staff at the city of Sedona is superb. They really are a wonderful group of professionals, knowledgeable, capable people that have the best interests of everyone else. At heart, they really do. You know, they're feeling frustrated too. They get criticized um, for things, which is something you asked before again about a surprise. If you think you're not going to get criticized, then you really need to know that going in. Run, run, if you're running for office, whatever level it is, know that criticism, because you can never make everybody happy, is going to be a part of it. So you have to think about how thick is your skin and how you want to handle criticism, because it will be a part of what comes at you. But what I'm hearing again is that what you get out of it is actually being able to make decisions about yes. things to affect things that you care about. Mm. And if you start even as a volunteer in politics, you're stepping from, from being outside everything. You're stepping into the fray. Mm. You're actually contributing. I My finding is that people who do that are a lot less angry, whatever their politics are. With a few exceptions now, okay, uh, than people who sit by the side and don't do anything. And what I hear from you is that yep. the, the most, most satisfying thing is getting into office where you get to help make the decision. Yeah, yes, that's when you're in office, absolutely. And in terms of running and a campaign, being part of a team, you know, is really rewarding as well. When you have a candidate that you believe in, that you want to make sure succeeds, being a part of that effort is is really rewarding. And, and understanding whatever level of office you run for, there are all kinds of organizations and people mm -hmm. to help you run. And that's one way someone get involved. Uh, the political parties themselves generally offer candidate trainings. Lots of organizations that are interested in advocacy and law, the League of Women Voters, uh, right. the, uh, uh, as a nonpartisan group, lots of partisan groups, if you have a specific interest, mm -hmm. provide information, you know, give candidate trainings, unions have candidate trainings, you know, other right. uh, nonprofit organizations, the Sierra Club. There's Arizona List, which Arizona focuses women. on promoting women. Uh, women. So uh, there's uh, um, Emerge, which runs for, yeah. for a Democratic candidate. So there's if you, bold progressives. Yeah. There are all sorts of organizations You're out not there by yourself when help. you decide to run. Right. All kinds, help of, out there. That's all kinds an of help. Point Some of that, that is financial, depending on the office. Lots mm -hmm. of it is people who will answer your questions right. and will we'll match you up with, you know, will give you mentors who've run before so you don't have to feel that if, right. you know, that I know nothing about politics, so how do I run? So no. the job of the candidate is to, or 
the job of deciding to be a candidate is to put together what are your list of questions because they can get answered. You have to know, you know, whether you want to run individually or as part of a slate. Is the office that you're seeking one that's more autonomous or or more of a, a as a unit? Um, you know, how would you be presenting yourself? Where should you be presenting yourself? How would you get your message together? These are these are all the questions that you should be asking yourself as you're determining whether or not to run for office. I always say there are three stages to, to being a candidate. The first is the hardest, and that's deciding to run. You know, are you going to do it? It's the most challenging. The second is deciding how you want to do it. Um, what's your message? How are you going to get out there? And the third is the actual campaign itself. Those are sort of the three stages. Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask um, the new Kathy is what are how do you run for city council in in terms of getting money to run advertising stuff like that what's involved in that do you have help with people who who have run before or yes there are people you'll find that people who hold office are always wonderful mentors to those who because they don't want to stay in those positions forever <laughs> yeah. everybody wants to look to that they're looking for their successor they're always looking in the for back their of their mind. strategy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i got in now how do i get out <laughs> no but but seriously um people are are it's no secret and people aren't um holding withholding information people are usually very able and willing to share um when I was, one of the things that I was thinking of, you know, whether or not to run was I spoke with Barbara Luttrell. May she rest in peace. Much yeah, deserved great lady. Peace. We have her on the show many times. Yeah, our so our community is at a loss for having, for having Barbara passed on. But, you know, she was a wonderful help to me in terms of being a mentor and um, with local information and local contacts. And, you know, I'm certainly trying to pass it on and, and work with candidates that are running and try to help them. Um, I, 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 you know, it's there are organizations you have to make your list of resources. What resources do you bring? Who do you know from your past, from your present? You know, um, what can they help you with? Is it information? Is it training? Is it fundraising? Can you know? Will they contribute? You need to know what resources are out there. As Karen said before, know the organizations. You, you have to spend the time putting your resource list together to make your final decision if you're going to run. Are those resources there for you? So when I hear you mention three candidates that you like for city council, mm-hmm. what I also hear is that city council is kind of a collective thing. Right. That is the cooperation thing. It's getting along with other councilors so that you can facilitate the, the meetings and the decision. Mm-hmm. It's not a... Well, for example, Tom O'Halloran's elected to Congress. He's an independent person. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's singular. He makes his own decisions on how he votes, and uh, he works with his colleagues and mm-hmm. stuff. But he's coming from a particular place. But it seems to me at city council, it's well, maybe it's just a smaller venue. It is a smaller venue, um, and. Because everybody knows each other so well, it's not like you're in your district and you're dealing with your constituents and your staff and then you fly off to Washington for the time that you're in session or even that you drive down to Phoenix, you know, and then you're dealing with people on a different level. Um, We're all neighbors and I'd like to think friends. Um, As I said recently, there is nobody on the council with whom I would not, you know, like to sit down and break bread. (laughs) Um, You know, so it's everybody there, even if we come from some different backgrounds, perspectives or goals, has the best interests of the city at heart. Um, Working together. You know, it's great to be part of a team. It's also challenging because you know, everybody is a little different and because you do come from different backgrounds, perspectives, yeah. and goals. Yeah. So and 
Some decisions are going to split. Right. Seven city council members. There are seven council so members. Six, six are council yeah. members. One is the mayor. Yeah. Making up so on yours, you're going to have things that are going to split four, three. The school board, we have occasional things that split three, two. You know, that you, but the idea is that you've worked in it. And though at that level, and it's part of sort of the training if you yeah. get involved with. And once you've been elected, you, to get involved with the organizations that help support, you know, there are city council organizations, there's county supervisors, school board organizations, and all of those things on that level will tell you that's the idea, is once you made the decision, everybody needs to support the decision and work together, which means you need to have that degree of personal respect for each other to know that, that even though Joe voted against me and on right. this Most thing, the, we're, we're going to all work together to put the, once the decision's done, we're all going to work together. That's right. So and, you need that level is, of trust with your colleagues. It is a democracy yeah. and the majority rules. Once the council yeah. has voted on something, that is the position of council. Somebody may have an individual position or have been in the minority, but... Yeah. The city is moving toward that. You need to be working toward the goal of the city, the adopted goal of, of the city. Yeah, I want to remind folks that uh, Kathy reminded me that she's not speaking for the whole Sedona City Council. She's no. not the other six people. Okay? Right. She's one individual speaking. When I talked to Tom O'Halloran, our congressman, what he talked about was the difficulty and the time-consuming nature of raising the money for his run and the number of people he represented as making it so he couldn't be as personal as he wanted. But at the city council level, it's not you don't need to raise huge amount of money, or do you? Um, well, it, like everything, um, it's gone up. I don't think that the local races that people remember years ago where you could run on a $1,000 or something, I don't think that's the case anymore. You do have to raise money. Um, because you do have to get your message out, and it becomes challenging to get your message out there. You Things like, you know, mailers, what are you going to take ads? You have to have name recognition, so are you going to have some sort of lawn signs? Those are all things that they do cost money, and the price of those things have gone up. Um, mail has gotten very expensive. Yeah. So... You have to raise your resources and decide how to spend them when you're running a campaign. Yes. What you want to spend on mailers, how you think mm -hmm. those are effective or, or signed. I've always thought, that, uh, contrary, and there's actually some research to support my position now, I've always thought the lawn signs were much more effective than people believed. And there's a pretty good study which suggests that there is an increase in vote when you have lawn signs. And I don't know, I just think people are... When they, the long side, they may just look at them and say, who's that? But they well, see the name they, over and over again. And, and it, when you have lawn size, people see the amount of support you have. And that, that gives them a clue that you're serious. And you're, you know, there's the old endeavors. joke about lawn signs. Everybody in the community was saying, who is that guy foreclosure? And why don't I know more about him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is always that. <laughs> I do open studios. And, mm -hmm. and every year... I have at least one person who, who sees an open studio site and wants to buy my house. You know, so there are those kind of mistakes. So to sum up a bit, uh, we've got some time left, uh, but sum up a bit what else, you, what else would you like to tell us about Ronnie? I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun. I know, Kathy, the one they say is, is believe your friends when they say you would be a perfect person to run for this right. don't just be modest and dismiss it you know maybe that's the point to think there's stories for women that says a woman has to be asked by seven different people yeah. to run for office really? a man just decides all by himself that hey I, I know everything all the answers so i'm going to run for office women tend to have people say you would be perfect 
for this office. So if your friends say, hey, why don't you run, you know, you've got good ideas, you speak well, whatever it might be, is take them seriously and maybe think about it. And maybe that's the point to then take the next step and get involved as a volunteer or find out more about it. Because they, your right. friends may really be right. You know, they may not just be trying to, you know. That's well, so you were thinking of not running again at one point and then you decided to run or... Well, in mine, because it sort of depends on other other people are running. Because the school board, school boards, unfortunately, tend to have non-contested races in rural Arizona, or even not enough people to run, because people aren't aware of someone. Same with same with fire boards. Those are very local issues. Everybody knows you have a mayor if you have a mayor. People don't know about school boards or fire boards. So there's some of those local, more specific boards. Uh, there's a couple other boards that you see people's names on on the ballot in Yavapai County. You know, that so you have sewer boards sometimes. There are small little boards on local issues. People don't aren't aware of those, so nobody runs. So some of these people run again. But it's it just is listening to people. When I ran the first time, I was recruited to run by somebody on the two people who were on the school board because I went to meetings. Mm. You know, I was on, you know, the, the involved thing, as a volunteer with the PTA and the high school site council. So a lot of people in schools get involved through the like a PTA, and then you go to school board meetings and you listen after a while. And, and some of those things are they, hey, I know, it's, you know, I've got the same background as that person. I could do it. And then somebody may see you in the audience and say, you come to meetings. Why are you here? <laughs> And Cassie, and I say, think, why don't you run next time here? Uh, Expressed a similar process. You you okay. you went on PNZ, which is a zoning, planning and, and zoning. You read planning and zoning. You learn an awful lot about how the city works on mm-hmm. on that particular committee. And you were in Sedona. We have people. I know I was running for mayor. They've been here three months. You know, and they're running for mayor. We had another guy who uh, uh, didn't was homeless. Who was running for mayor? And we've had people who are very tangentially, tangentially, that's my, I can't say it, tangentially, <laughs> tangentially, yeah. tangentially related to Sedona running for, for office. Mm-hmm. And what I see for you is you, you were engaged in the city, in the town. Both of you have been engaged in what you're doing before you run to off, uh, office. And that way you know a lot mm-hmm. when, when, before you arrive. Right. Uh, again, Kathy, what else should folks know? Is the timing, I know we're not going to go about the timing, mm-hmm. but uh, there's a different set of timing in terms of filings and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you to file, you go and pull a packet, it's called, right? What's For the that? city council, yes. Yeah. That's, that's it. You would go to, you would contact the city clerk and you would pull a packet. That packet is a um, three or four inch binder full of information uh, which could be intimidating that when you look at a binder that size but it's all basically the information you need everything you would need to know from how you would go about the petitioning process because here in Arizona we petition to qualify as candidates whether that's at the local city council level or, or the school board Every level, level or or the state legislature so you have to have signatures you have to have signatures in order to run i mean even for things like corporation commission governor it just that's the way it works you each office has a certain amount of signatures in order to qualify um that information is in that binder there's also the information there of how you would have to go about your campaign finance filings because if you either raise or spend any combination of that up to $500, you have to do this legally. You have to report that money. You have to file with the office of the Secretary of State. Um, you have to do the right paperwork to declare your office correctly. Uh, there, All of that sort of technical information is available in the binder, but that technical information, don't let it be daunting. Again, the most important thing is to st- stop stopping yourself. Know what office you might be interested in. 
know that if it's a good fit for you, is it something you're doing, as you said, with Congress where you're more autonomous or is it something where you're part of a team like council? Um, find a mentor. Uh, find a program. We listed many that exist out there. And make your resource list of who's going to be able to give you information, who's going to be able to give you money, and how you're going to do it. Uh, we want to thank uh, Democrats of the Red Rocks. There's a, um, a breakfast uh, this month, the third Thursday. Um, it's still Zoom. I don't know when Door is going to start having in person. We want to uh, thank the Yavapai County Party. We want to thank uh, Steve Segner's El Portal, wonderful uh, boutique hotel. It's the most dog-friendly hotel in the world. Join us next week. Um, and we're going to be talking about a very controversial issue, critical race theory. I think you'll find it very interesting. The week after that, uh, we'll be um, interviewing candidates for city council. And we're going to interview them early in the campaign because we want folks to get a chance to know them. And then we'll, we'll uh, interview them again when close to the election. Uh, we like to do that. And, you know, as Kathy mentioned, it, it's determining who our, co- who our co- uh, colleagues are. So thank you very much for being with us, folks. Tune in uh, next week for Democratic Perspective. We're online, bbid.org. You've been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day.